But he mentions how his mother back in the day, growing up in segregation, couldn't go to a white dentist that when she was a child in order to get a, a tooth removed, she would have to go to the vet. And he made this hilarious but sad and true statement of, I'm not talking about Harriet Tubman. You know what I mean? This isn't some shit from like hundreds of years ago. I'm talking about my mother. Because I think a lot of folks tend to write off, especially nowadays, write off slavery in the U.S. and the Jim Crow South as something ancient. When for some folks, it's literally one generation, if that, removed from where we are now. But then he juxtaposes that with the fact that now his mother is able to fly to Paris to have coffee with her grandchild who is studying culinary arts in France. How dope is that? What up, what up, folks? What's going on? And welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. In this episode, I speak about Chris Rock's latest comedy special, Selective Outrage, as well as Marlon Wayne's latest comedy special, God Loves Me. Stick around for all that good stuff. But first, I want to tell you about a quick way that you can help support this show. Your support means a ton. It helps me keep the lights on and motivates me to continue to crank out more episodes, more content, more writing. So please stick around, listen to this quick way to help support the Spun Today podcast, if you so choose, and then we'll jump right into the episode. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social, at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full-length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped-up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. Chris Rock's Selective Outrage This is Chris Rock's latest comedy special that came out in March of 2023. And for those of you listening to the segment right now, be completely forewarned that there will be heavy spoilers in my little recap and review. I definitely adhere to that comic code of not giving away comics bits before they're recorded on the special. When I do these recaps and reviews, obviously they're based on when a comedian has put out a comedy special. For the most part but in this case the special is out and if you haven't seen it yet now's your chance to skip over this fast forward etc and if you don't that's on you selective outrage is chris rock's sixth comedy special to me it was definitely better than tambourine man i think it was champ tambourine actually that he put out back in 2018 and the only reason that i'm hesitant in saying that it's his best special to date is because I'm cognizant of the recency bias of me having just seen it. And, you know, I haven't seen Bring the Pain or Bigger and Blacker in like so many years. But those are classic Chris Rock specials with iconic bits uh, within them. So I would have to like rewatch just to see how they like hold up in comparison. But 
If it wasn't for that, I would say that this is uh, Rock's uh, best special to date, which would be dope if objectively true and just be a reflection of those other ones from 1996 and 1999, respectively, being a couple of decades older, meaning that he's had a couple of decades since to work on and perfect and continue molding his creative craft. And it definitely shows. But before telling you guys about some of my favorite bits from the special, just wanted to add some context around it, which is first off, it was Netflix's first live comedy special. To my knowledge, it was also the first time that a stand-up comic streamed what was intended to be a recorded, polished comedy special, streamed it live. Because for those of you that didn't uh, watch it live, you can definitely go back and, and watch the recording of it. But most comics obviously do three, four, sometimes five recordings of a specific set and then just edit out and mash together whatever the best parts were. So if a certain bit hit better during the first recording and then a different bit hit better during the third recording, they would take the pieces out of those better versions of those bits. And what we see as a consumer is that like polished best version of all of those bits and jokes and rightfully so right it's a comedy special not just like a comedy show that you're you're going to, to watch the only similar one that i know of and it's not even the same thing but i would say uh tony hinchcliffe's one take special that he put out on on youtube i believe and it was just a one shot recording of a comedy special that he put out but i'm not sure if any editing and stuff like that took place after the fact and if i'm not mistaken it wasn't like a, a live stream either so this special by chris rock selective outrage is definitely unique in that respect as well and it literally went head to head with a big ufc card ufc i think it was 285 286 it was uh john jones's return after a three-year hiatus john jones the goat of goats when it comes to mma on a three-year hiatus and in his return was going up a weight class from being the reigning undisputed light heavyweight champ uh, going up to heavyweight for the first time so a lot of us that were fans of both are kind of torn between the two i definitely went with the watch the first ever chris rock live comedy show i went that route and then caught the the fight after the fact which turned out to be a, a good choice and in my opinion the fight lasted like a minute or something like that and yes, John Jones won. Spoiler alert there. But it was dope. It was such a good special. And like most folks, we were all anticipating what we knew, we assumed. And uh, some of us may have heard like through the grapevine of other comics and folks speaking about Chris Brock uh, during his touring. His official, if you want to call it that, response to the slap heard around the world. Which was, of course, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock while he hosted the Oscars last year in 2022 so i definitely wanted to tune into that me personally uh those of you that listen to this podcast know where i stand on that entire situation i made a deep dive or breakdown if you will of what happened uh, my reaction to it etc if you guys want to go back and check that out or i'll definitely link to it in the episode notes if you guys want to check out that specific clip best place to do that is on my youtube page but in a nutshell it was obviously wrong and fucked up of will to do something like that definitely saw a crack in his armor there of this excellence that he's portrayed throughout his very long spanning career 
that was just a sad thing to see from that perspective and more importantly doing it to anyone but doing it to someone as iconic as chris rock was kind of like what the fuck bro and i think most of us were very much so anticipating what the response would be even the folks that were kind of like oh that was like over a year ago who gives a shit anymore i feel like the energy shifted from that to this was the response we didn't know we wanted (laughs) but i for one definitely uh wanted to get his perspective and his take firsthand uh of that situation and he did a great job i thought of foreshadowing his response uh to the situation throughout the entire special he like sprinkled little hints at it throughout and definitely built up the anticipation that way and it does suck just one thing that sucked was that a great joke that he has within that like segment of the special leaked uh, like a day or two before like someone put it out and i knew it was coming and definitely wasn't like unique in that and it was related to the emancipation joke which i'll circle back to uh, in the end but even with that joke leaking like it still hit it was still hilarious and that's just a, again a testament to how good this special is now without that entire piece of the will smith slap rebuttal it still in my opinion stands alone as an amazing special So let's get into a couple of my favorite bits from it. So the title of the special again is called Selective Outrage. And that's the theme throughout the entire special and definitely ties into the whole Will Smith slap thing at the end. But he points out how we see people being selective about their outrage in a lot of different ways. Like, for example, somebody that'll still play Michael Jackson music, but not play R. Kelly. And he's like, same crime, same type of crime, but one of them just had better music. And he made a point of highlighting how everybody's full of shit in their own way. And so is every business, which I couldn't agree more with. It's like sometimes I feel like businesses are just like sticking their finger in the air, see which way the wind is blowing in terms of what will ultimately yield our investors more money. And we'll do whatever that thing is, not to mention their fiduciary responsibility to increase shareholder profits. But I digress. He touches on that point and he says he bumped into his boy Fred. That he hadn't seen in, in a bunch of years and he was like he was yo fred what's up man how you been how you doing and he was like yeah i started this new job and it's great you know i i finally feel seen they're really inclusive and you know like all the pc terminology being like overly used now in some cases and he's like yeah uh, fred was like you know i feel seen you know they're really inclusive i finally have a voice and, and chris is like nigga it's me <laughs> Why are you bullshitting me? What do you think? I'm wearing a fucking wire or something? And he has this hilarious bit tying to the same thing having to do with Lululemon and how they sell $100 yoga pants. And he was like, at every Lululemon, there's a sign that says, we don't believe in racism and sexism and et cetera, et cetera. And he makes the point of saying, I don't give a fuck about your politics, (laughs) which is so true. And it's like everyone, including myself, I, I know I'm guilty of this also, but everyone has to have an opinion about everything and now every business has to weigh in on everything it's like do what it is that you guys do you make dope yoga pants do that you don't have to advertise your thoughts and feelings about everything else especially if it's again circling back to the whole certain businesses being full of shit and so transparently doing things because it's the right thing to advertise at this particular point in time that will increase the bottom line And Rock is like, you guys are selling $100 
non-racist yoga pants. We'd rather you sell us $20 racist ones that just say nigga to us every time we walk by. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And he's like that, you know, everybody, we're, we're in a culture right now where everybody is trying to be a victim. He says the ER is filled with people with paper cuts. He touched on the Capitol riots and he was like, white men been, been complaining lately, like they're losing the country. And he was like, to who? <laughs> he was like, you ain't losing that shit to us. He was like, we got some vodkas and a couple record companies. He's like, y'all motherfuckers trying to take the country back from who? From yourselves? And this next one was great. He is speaking about like Megan and Mary, uh, and Mary, uh, Megan and Harry, the couple that split from the royal family or whatever. And it was such an important point, I thought hilarious in and of itself as a bit. But he said that, you know, like such a like to do was was made of the racism within the royal family and what Megan said she had to deal with. And he highlighted one. It's the British fucking royal family. The motherfuckers that invented racism. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> That's one. And two, and this is a point that, that I thought was, was such a the point, is that he said some of the shit that Megan went through with the royal family was not racism. It was just some in-law shit. And I think that that's definitely important to highlight because everything doesn't always fall into a black and white bucket. You can't just chalk everything up to racism or chalk everything up to whatever category just because it, it's convenient for you to categorize it in that way. Everything has nuance, everything has gray. And there's a quote that I like that kind of speaks to that, which is don't, I'm gonna paraphrase and and obviously butcher it, but it's something to the effect of don't assume a nefarious calculated act has taken place when stupidity could just explain it, something along those lines. But yeah, that was definitely a good one. I like this one too, which I can definitely co-sign, speaking to like the state of politics, little social commentary on that and he's like republicans lie they lie their fucking asses off but democrats leave out key pieces of the truth that would lead to a more nuanced understanding (laughs) (laughs) i gotta give a round of applause for that one that one's so fucking true it's like one one side is like blatantly full of shit and the other side is very good at leaving out their blame full of shitness if that makes any sense. <laughs> he touched on <laughs> he touched on abortion. He goes, ladies, if you have to pay for your own abortion, you should get an abortion. <laughs> Stop letting these broke ass niggas <laughs> come in you. <laughs> so while raising kids, he's like, we're the only animal that have to raise kids for, eight, for 18 years. Other animals are like two to three days and the bird just kicks the baby bird off the branch. It's like, yeah, I hope you can fly. He had a beautiful through line that I loved having to do with his daughter and his mother and he mentioned how i won't give up like all the build-up to this because i think you guys should, should definitely watch it to get the appreciation of it yourselves and it's like sprinkled throughout it's not just like one you know bit or or whatever or one joke rather but he mentions how his mother back in the day growing up in segregation couldn't go to a white dentist that when she was a child in order to get a, a tooth removed she would have to go to the vet and he made this hilarious, but sad and true statement of, I'm not talking about Harriet Tubman. You know what I mean? This isn't some shit from like hundreds of years ago. I'm talking about my mother. Cause I think a lot of folks tend to 
right off, especially nowadays, right off slavery in the U.S. and the Jim Crow South as something ancient. When for some folks, it's literally one generation, if that, removed from where we are now. But then he juxtaposes that with the fact that now his mother is able to fly to Paris to have coffee with her grandchild who is studying culinary arts in France. How dope is that? Definitely a round of applause for that. And then he capped off the special by addressing the elephant in the room, which was, at the risk of sounding redundant, the whole Will Smith slap at the Oscars fiasco. And you know what? Part of me thinks that the strategy here from Chris Rock's perspective in terms of one waiting for his special to provide a response was intelligent from a like a, a business uh, financial perspective because he knew he would have the leverage of so many eyeballs wanting to hear his response. Why give that up for free? You know, wait until you have a special leverage how many eyeballs are going to be interested in his response to the situation. Like we all wanted to know right after it happened, what's Chris's response and take and stuff like that. And he could definitely leverage that for more money. But I think, and this is just me speculating, that the idea for doing it as a live streamed special was also to counter any notes from the editor or Netflix choosing to cut something, etc. Because one, he wanted to get out his response, how he wanted to get it out. And rightfully so, you know, he didn't he didn't ask for that situation to happen. He wanted to vent the way he vented. And two, he didn't want the platform or anyone else having any say on what he can or cannot say in relation to that situation. So if that was part of the math that went into deciding to live stream this thing, it definitely makes sense to me from from that perspective. So first he goes into how, you know, people asking him after the fact if it hurt. And he was like, of course it fucking hurt. He's bigger than me. This motherfucker plays Ali. I played fucking Pookie. And he did have nice uh, callbacks throughout, which I thought were, were pretty good throughout his set, like callbacks to like to some of his film roles and like stuff like that. And then he highlighted, but I ain't playing no fucking victim. And he was like, everybody was hitting him, hit, hitting him up and saying publicly as well that Will was a bitch for doing something like that, for doing it to him. And he built it up even more by just being like a little vulnerable in the moment and saying how much he respected Will, how much he loved him. He was like, when he was coming up with Jazzy Jeff and opening up all these rap tours, and then being in all these movies and getting bigger and bigger. Like, I always supported him, always loved him. I fucking looked up to him. And then he was like, he hit me so fucking hard that I still got summertime ringing in my ears. <laughs> but then he went hard at him, at Jada. And again, highlighting the theme of selective outrage and speaking to the fact that Will chose to be pissed off at him or, or like take out other frustrations on chris that night but it had nothing to do with chris and he was like jada was pissed at chris for hosting the oscars a few years back when she started this oscar so white movement because she was pissed that will didn't get nominated for concussion and in the live recording of the special by the way he instead of saying concussion he said emancipation but he meant concussion and he even caught himself and he said oh i fucked up the joke there i meant concussion but Chris tells the story of how Jada was pissed at him because, you know, he was hosting the Oscars and she asked, she started this Oscar so white movement and wanted all the, you know, black folks, black actors and stuff not to go to the Oscars that day, that year or whatever. And Chris was kind of like, fuck that, you know, like I want to host the Oscars. 
and apparently that's where like a riff started between all of them and he was like nobody nobody was picking on this bitch speaking about jada and he's like she's pissed that her man didn't get nominated for a concussion and then he, this motherfucker gives me a concussion and then he put the whole public entanglement thing on blast he was like i didn't have any fucking entanglements and then literally just says for those of you that don't remember she was fucking her son's friend and then put this nigga on red table talk on fucking on blast and chose to make the whole situation public and that's when will started getting like piled on and being called a bitch and all this and his framing of that situation which i can't disagree too much on is that will in that moment of choosing to slap him was acting out on like that pent-up frustration and rage that he felt from that entanglement situation and i'm sure other personal situations between him and jada and other other things in his life and the whole you know feeling like a coward thing that will describes in his book like feeling like a coward all his life not being able to like protect the women in his life like his mom they used to get beat by his dad and stuff that he fleshed out in his book that i actually broke down in an older episode here on the podcast and i'll, I'll link to in the episode notes for you guys to check out if you're interested and then he, he closed it off with the joke that had leaked like a day or two before, which was that he was so hurt and pissed at the situation that he watched Emancipation just to watch Will Smith get whooped. <laughs> Emancipation, for those who don't know, is a period piece about slavery that Will starred in. It was released, I believe, on Apple TV. I haven't seen it yet, but but definitely what I want to check out. And he was like, this nigga had me, had me rooting for Massa. Before that, I had been rooting for Will all my life. It was such a great special man and for folks thinking that he went too hard that he shouldn't have called jada a bitch or shouldn't be so angry it's been a year this and that blah 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 me personally i loved it like i've been saying i wanted him to go hard like he deserved to be able to go hard in response um to what happened to him and i think that's the important thing to highlight here right he didn't cause that to happen will smith slapping him and what is it um moore's law is that what it is? Or I'm thinking of something else, but wh whatever that thing is that says, or is it just inertia? Like an equal, when two objects collide, you can expect an equal opposite reaction. Obviously I'm a fucking scientist, right guys? That eloquent <laughs> description there. And I'm sure I got none of the terminology correct, but basically what I'm trying to say is that that does not apply to human emotions. You can never control how someone reacts to anything. Meaning, in my opinion, whatever reaction someone gives to any situation, whether you personally think it's an overreaction, an underreaction, or an expected, you know, equivalent reaction, that judgment piece is completely secondary. If you step on someone's shoes and they get pissed to the point that they become a mass murderer and kill your entire family, do I personally think that's an overreaction? Yeah, of course. Do I concede and understand the fact that? that is a possible reaction from someone yes of course you can't look at that and be like what he overreacted like that that's what he did it's like that's within the choices for any human being that's within the realm of possibility because again you cannot control how someone reacts so that's what i would say to anyone thinking that chris's response was like too much for whatever reason and conversely, that Will's initial, you know, action to, to the situation and slapping Chris Rock, that that was an overreaction to that innocuous joke, which I personally agree with. But understand that, yes, that is within the realm of possibility of actions that someone could have. They could overreact to a situation. And that's the piece you can't control. 
So it is what it is in that sense. Either way, Chris Rock's Selective Outrage was an amazing special and is streaming now on Netflix. Definitely check it out. Marlon Wayne's comedy special, God Loves Me, is available now on HBO and also premiered in March of 2023. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it because the entire theme of the special has to do with the singular incident of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. But before I give my little recap and review of it, I just want to take a step back and highlight some of Marlon's and the Wayne's family in general, some of their accomplishments for any youngins who may be listening to this right now. So first off, Marlon comes from a comedic and entertainment family. My first insights into them, although I was young, it's probably like around nine, 10, actually maybe even a little younger. No, that sounds about right. Around nine, 10 years old was the sketch comedy show in living color, which Marlon's older brother, Keenan Wayans created. And like a bunch of the family was on that show. Keenan hosted it and again created it. And it ran from 1990 to 1994 on Fox. So think like a, a Mad TV or, or like an SNL even, but like really funny and launched the careers of some comedic heavyweights. So I'm going to name a few. You got Keenan Ivory Wayans, obviously, David Allen Greer, Tommy Davidson, Kelly Cofield Park, Jim Carrey. Yes, that Jim Carrey. Shout out to Fire Marshal Bill. Oh, my favorite character that I still remember is like uh, he played like a a female bodybuilder chick or something like that. It was fucking hilarious. But he had Kim Wayans, which is one of the Wayans sisters. Sean Wayans, Jamie Foxx. Yes, that Jamie Foxx. Damon Wayans, which side note on Damon Wayans. I was recently having this conversation. He has a show now that's like ran for like mad seasons. I think like my wife and kids or or something like that. But he's like a comics comic and like a lot of the greats like uh, Dave Chappelle's Bill Burr's all ref- reference him as such and always say that he's definitely like if he if it's what he only did instead of you know had gone the, the acting route they'd definitely be be a goat but that even to this day though as he tours he video records all of his sets and now that's something that a lot of like the better comics do not necessarily video recording um and this might be a little like inside baseball in the comedy world or whatever but i love behind the scenes type shit so i listen for these types of things closely um to see what i can adapt to like my own you know podcasting or writing etc a lot of the top tier comics what they do is audio record their sets and then they listen to them over again and like see which bits landed which ones didn't what they can tweak and pick up on things that in the moment you're not gonna necessarily remember now, Damon Wayans was doing this, but video recording and has done so since like the 80s and 90s when he first started doing stand up. And he told Rogan, which I heard reference this, that he has like VHS tapes and like all that. He has every single set that he's ever done video recorded, which I thought was pretty dope. But anyway, circling back to In Living Color, they also had the Fly Girls, which was like this group of cheerleader type girls that would dance and do choreographed I don't, I don't think they sang, but just like choreographed dancing, like between sets and bits and like to introduce the show and, and exit the show. The choreographer of the Fly Girls is Rosie Perez. Yes, that Rosie Perez. And of the most popular of the Fly Girls had has gone off to have a bit of a career of her own was Jennifer Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo. So, yeah, In Living Color was the shit. 
and so of these like you know more known weigh-ins and like the older siblings that started in in the entertainment business you have keenan damon kim weigh-ins sean weigh-ins and marlon weigh-ins is like the the youngest of like that generation of weigh-ins then you have like some of their kids which is damien weigh-ins and damon weigh-ins jr and they each have their like respective careers like just outside of obviously in living color and staying with comedy but circling back to marlon which is in scope here you, you have the wayne's brothers which was an iconic uh sitcom used to love watching that show even now sometimes like catch reruns and shit and a bunch of movies like white chicks and he played Loke dog and don't be a menace <laughs> uh to south central while drinking your juice in the hood which was a a spoof of of menace to society naked which was a netflix movie that was pretty good he did the haunted house movies which were was like a spoof on like scream or like one of those like scary movies or of scary movie actually i think it was then more like serious roles smaller but more serious roles like uh in heat or the heat rather oh you know what i'm actually am thinking of scary movie which is a spoof of the scream movies so it's a scary movie one scary movie two etc 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 so first off round of applause for marlon on all that all that good stuff and to the wayne's family i went to see marlon live at caroline's on broadway which has since announced that they were closing down and i think they may have already i don't remember if it was earlier this year or that they announced earlier this year that they were closing down this year it's an iconic venue here in new york and i saw a couple comics there i saw russell peters there marlon there i think there was another one but i don't remember who it was but anyway i remember seeing marlon there and we went off of uh, my wife and i went off of you know it's marlon we like wayne's brothers we like his movies my wife loves fucking white chicks it's like one of her favorite movies and i had heard him promoting that he was starting to do stand-up or like getting back into stand-up because he did try it like many years before like acting like really kicked off i was like all right fuck it something something cool to do and there's this thing within the comedy world where you know you'll have like big name or celebrities that have a name try stand-up and some of them might even like do a tour and stuff like that but they're not really funny and they're pretty much getting by on their name but there's this thing which i really appreciate within the the craft of comedy that is that you probably get three to five minutes like as a courtesy from the audience and like just for that your name the awe of being in the presence of a famous person or celebrity to like wear off but then after that like you have to be funny if not like it's not a sustainable thing and the crowd will let you know it your ticket sales will let you know it etc so i went into it with that in mind and the thing about marlon is that he is so naturally funny and gifted in his like ability to do like a lot of muecas and physical comedy and facial expressions and stuff like that that even though I didn't think like his set was like anything great or the, you know, in terms of being like a really good stand-up comic that has put his, you know, 10 plus years in, in stand-up comedy itself, etc. Even though I didn't get that from him, his, all, all those other like intangibles were enough to make it enjoyable, you know, like it wasn't a, oh, fuck, wasting my money type of experience when I saw him at, at Caroline's. And that even led me to see like one of his other uh, stand-up specials, which I thought was okay, but again, not great because, you know, comedy is not something you can necessarily fake, but it was decent. And then this latest special, 
God Loves Me. I again had heard him promoting it on Breakfast Club. And my brother hit me up saying that it was actually really funny. And he's a, a tough critic. And it really, really fucking was. It was hilarious. And what stood out most to me is that it showed that he, in my opinion, and again, I have no way of verifying this, but to me, it showed that he has been grinding within the stand-up comedy itself and like putting the hours in because I saw a lot of growth from his last special that he put out to this one and definitely way more growth from when I saw him years ago at Caroline's to this special. It was really like technically good. He had a lot of callbacks in it. He sprinkled in, again, his physical comedy abilities, callbacks to roles and previous movies like White Chicks, like Don't Be a Menace. And it was tougher, in my opinion, because he had a singular theme of speaking about the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock. That was the entire theme of his set. So all the funny and all the everything had to fit within that myopic frame, which to me must be harder to do. But it's great because he has a, an interesting perspective in knowing them, knowing Jada, knowing Will, knowing Chris, and knowing them all at a very young age when they were all like coming up. I think he said he knew Chris Rock from when he was like 11, 12 years old. Then Jada and Will, he knew them from when he was like 18, 19 years old. And he has relationships with all three. But what was great is that he didn't pick a side. Although at first, like it seems like he is. <laughs> He's like shitting all over Chris Rock. <laughs> But what was dope is that he went really hard at all three of them and highlighted warts and all, all the faults and pitfalls that each of them have, where they could have or should have done better in his opinion. And then he did a good job of doing that while like building them back up at the same time as well. Shat on them, built them back up, shat on them, built them back up, told some personal anecdotal stories. And it was again, just really good, really funny and definitely a special that I recommend you guys checking out. You get to see somebody else's perspective that's not Will's, that's not Chris's. So it's more in line with like an, you know, external, you know, like us looking in on the situation type of perspective, but with someone that also happens to know each of them intimately enough that he could shit on them and let them know, hey, yo, you fucked up in this, you didn't fuck up in that, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely something that I appreciated. And that is Marlon Wayne's latest comedy special, God Loves Me. Streaming now on HBO. And that, folks, was episode 229. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate you rocking out with me, listening to my meandering thoughts on topics that you may or may not be interested in. As always, if you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review. Check out my YouTube page for clips from all previous episodes. And stick around to hear about a few ways you can help support this podcast if you so choose. Your support means a ton. It motivates the fuck out of me, and it is highly, highly appreciated. So here are a few ways you can help support this show, and I'll check you all out next time. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. 
also available in a bunch of different colors and all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. Spuntoday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section. We can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other, which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week, so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support. Click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring 
donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.